Hi, welcome to Clean Slate with Vicki and Joanna. Every day is a clean slate and a fresh start. Make today the day. Well, welcome back to another episode of Clean Slate. We enjoyed Amy Edwards' visit so much that we invited her back to tell a phenomenal story that has happened. It's been unfolding, it seems like, for several years. Yes. So, you know, just take it away. Tell us your story. Okay, well, this story is about um, living donor is what I really wanted to encourage and um, promote is um, Donate Life. Uh, My husband has a genetic kidney disease. It is called polycystic kidney disease. His dad was diagnosed probably 16 years ago or so. At the time, they told him it is very hereditary. Your children all need to be tested. And so um, all three of his children were tested and um, all have it. And so um, the there is no cure. We have always known that he would need a transplant, at, at, that they would all three need a transplant at some point. So my father-in-law had a transplant, um, I think 12 years ago now. And so, um, really cool, God provided a living donor for him through a man at church, his church that he did not know, basically heard that there was a need and said, God told me I'm supposed to give you a kidney and went and got tested and they were a great match. And so he had a transplant and has done great. Fast forward a few years and my husband's older brother, David, of course knew that he had the same disease and was going to need a transplant. Um, Same thing. He goes to the same church. The need was announced that, you know, he was going to need this kidney transplant. An older gentleman went and got tested, found out he was a great match, donated to him. Everything's been great since then. So, of course, we knew that my husband was going to need a transplant too. And so, a few years later, his kidney function had um, decreased to a, a point where they said it's time to start um, looking into that and researching it. So, what they would like for you to do is, you know, try to find a living donor because living donor kidneys um, last so much longer than a cadaver kidney. And so, that's ultimately what's best to have a living donor. So I know that my blood type is O negative. So I was like, well, I can donate to anybody because I'm universal. And so I had already talked to his kidney doctor, nephrologist about that and said, you know, is it possible that I could donate? And he said, well, you know, we'd have to do all the testing. It's not just your blood type, that kind of thing. And so I had gone ahead and started with the testing. And so you do the antibody testing and all of that. Well, it came back saying that I was a great match for him. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. And you're married to him. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy that, you know, I've always felt like God brought us together to be husband and wife. But, you know, he had this backstory that I would be able to donate a kidney to him. So I'm like, this is awesome. So that was our plan. And so we waited until he absolutely needed the transplant, which is basically before they want, they don't want you to go on dialysis. And so before you get to that place is where you're. What percentage of function before you go on dial- dialysis? Any idea? I should know that, but I do not remember. Yeah. Yeah. I do not remember that. It's more based on like what your creatinine level is. Okay. And so they watch it. And as it um, 
as it rises, your creatinine mm. level rises is when your GFR is what it's called for your kidney function. And so basically they said, okay, it's time. So we already knew I was a match. I'm like, okay, well, what they do is you come in for, it, it takes two days. It ends up being two days worth of testing. So they do everything imaginable. You sit with a psychiatrist to make sure you're of sound mind and that nobody's forcing you to do anything. You have, I had to have my pap smear done again. I had to have a mammogram. I had to have just anything and everything to make sure that I was in good physical condition to be able to donate. So the very last test that they do is a CT scan. And basically what they're doing is making sure that your kidneys are in good shape and they're deciding in that test by looking at it which kidney they want to take and donate based on blood vessels and that kind of thing. And so I went through the CT scan, come out, I go and meet with his nephrologist. We're sitting in the office and we are literally looking at the calendar to determine a surgery date. And they knock on the door and called him out and said basically that they had found a small kidney stone in each of my kidneys. Never had kidney stones before, don't have any issues with kidney stones, still do not have any issues with kidney stones. So I'm like, what? So their policy was that if you have kidney stones, you cannot donate a kidney. Mm. That is not because it's dangerous for the recipient. It's because it's dangerous for the donor. Because should they take one of my kidneys and then my kidney stone in my other kidney, whether that one or one I produce in years to come, become big or enlarged, I only have one kidney to work off of at that point. And so that's dangerous to me because I don't have another option. So that's why they have that policy. So I'm like devastated because we have put all of our eggs in this basket. We haven't talked to anybody about donating because I'm thinking it's just me. But I will say this on my way to the hospital that morning, I had prayed and asked God just being honest, we haven't even prayed about this. Like, I don't, I haven't even asked you if this is something you want me to do. I've assumed that you worked it all out and that you brought us together for this reason, among others, but I haven't really even asked you. And so God, if there's any way that this is not something you want me to do, then you have to close the door because otherwise this is my husband and I'm gonna do what I feel like I'm supposed to do. And so when the doctor came back in and he said, I'm sorry, we're just not going to be able to. I was so upset, but in the back of my mind, I just thought, this is God answering that prayer. I know I prayed that, and I, I feel like this is what God was, this is his way of shutting the door. It's like it wasn't your assignment. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I came home, my, our doctor said, I'm going to talk to the transplant team and see if there's any way that they'll make an exception. And his only reason for doing that, I need to say this because it's important, is he said that had they done the CT scan a year before, my kidney stones were so tiny, so tiny that their technology would not have even picked them up. But because they had gotten new technology um, within that last year, it 
is just advanced enough that it saw them. Wow. And, so, and so the criteria had not changed, right? Right. The criteria had not changed, but technology had gotten better. So technically, do you still have those kidney stones sitting in your kidneys? Well, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. So um, we came home. I waited to hear from him that it was a definite no, that we weren't going to be able to go forward with me, me donating. And so when that was the case, I put it on Facebook that we plans had changed and that we were looking for a a kidney and if there was anybody interested to call the transplant clinic and um, they could be anonymous and uh, do all the testing and that it doesn't cost them anything it's all run through our insurance company there's all kinds of things like that that you want to tell people you know to encourage them to, to be tested and so that night our pastor's wife we were going to Hebron church our pastor's wife saw my Facebook posts, and she was like, oh, Kevin, um, remember that couple at the church? You know, she's not going to be able to donate to him anymore. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, they go to bed, oh, the Lord woke him up, and the next morning he said, Darla, I got to tell you something. God told me I'm going to give a kidney to chance. I, I need I need to get tested. And she said, he told me the same thing. (laughs) And so they began testing. Of course, we didn't know anything about it and found out that he was a match. And so right after Christmas, they came to us, um, came to our house, said that they just wanted to pray with us because they knew we had been going through, you know, the waiting period and that they just wanted to sit with us and pray. And we were like, okay. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, pastor's coming to our house, not my thing. But they showed up and basically told us that he was a match and that they already had surgery scheduled. And so a few weeks later, my husband had a transplant and did great. And um, everything's been great for him and his donor since. So now we'll get to the other. Fast forward five years and Chance's sister needs a transplant. And so she goes on the list and she had so many people being tested to see if they were a match and couldn't couldn't find a match. It is much more difficult to find a match for females because of the fact that every time that you have pregnancy, your body produces new antibodies for that pregnancy. And so it's harder to find the antibody match because of the pregnancies. And so for her, she was having a really difficult time, could not find anybody. And so all this time had passed and she was getting closer to dialysis. And one day I'm just sitting there, I was like, I'm just gonna call. I'm just gonna ask and see if there's any way that their policy has changed. Up until then, I had not even thought about it because I just assumed I couldn't give to him, I can't give to her. I mean, it's just a done deal. So I called, I left a voicemail with my coordinator that we had used and it happened to be her coordinator too. And so I didn't hear anything for a couple of days. And so then she calls back and leaves me a message and says, hey Amy, I just wanted to let you know that I did get your voicemail and I'm sorry it's taken me a while to get back with you, but our policy actually has changed. And she said, people who have those tiny little kidney stones that mean nothing and and show nothing, we were seeing so much of that that we were having to, you know, decline so many people that we've re-looked at things and, and changed our policy. And she said, so I went ahead and ran the blood work that we had from you previously with Melissa's 
and she said there's only one allele that is different and she said I need to do some testing on that one and she said but otherwise it looks like you're a match wow yeah so I'm like oh my word well I had not even told my husband that I even called him because I'm thinking I'm just calling you know we'll just see it's probably not even gonna happen so then all of a sudden I'm like oh, oh it might actually happen so she said I'm gonna send you the blood kit and you need to go and have your blood drawn and, and send it in so that's where we were on that so I did the blood work sent it they sent it off to Wake Forest to do third generation molecular DNA testing and came back and said that we were a match Wow yeah so the crazy thing about it is based on her antibodies only 4% of the population can be a match for her Wow that's so, a crazy story. talk about needle in a haystack Isn't that crazy that is crazy yeah so when did when did this happen so um, we just had our two-year kidney kidneyversary is what we call it so April <laughs> that's um, a mouthful yeah two years ago this past April was um, wow. our transplant so wow, it was crazy so and we're doing great I mean she she's doing awesome the kidney was was perfect for her and I let's see our transplant was on Friday morning I went home on Saturday um, from the hospital and then I went to the beach on Thursday of the wow. following week so it's just so what happens to someone who gets a donated kidney does the other kidney eventually die off does it does the other new kidney just kind of take over so it really depends on what was wrong with your kidneys um, to begin with and so for them their kidneys they they're inoperable anymore I mean, they don't work anymore so once you get a transplant you're only working off of the new kidney um, they don't remove them with their particular disease their the kidneys are so enlarged that they do not remove them at the time of transplant because it's much more invasive and it's just too much for your body to handle and support a new a new organ um, so some people's kidneys will basically wither up and die off um, some people's they don't and they stay enlarged and so my father-in-law my brother-in-law and my and now Melissa they've all had their kidneys removed my husband has not had his old kidneys removed so he currently walks around with three kidneys only one is operable <laughs> so yeah wow so it, for him they just haven't bothered him to the degree that he would want to go through with having surgery I think that they bother him more than he realizes it's that kind of thing that you don't know how sick you are until you're right. better yeah I think that he probably has back pain and things like that that he just attributes to his age or hard work or whatever else do you envision him probably getting those removed down the road or it's just hard to tell it's probably not because he's a stubborn just, husband he's a stubborn husband and he doesn't want to have surgery and it is yeah. very invasive yeah. I mean it's not it's not an easy thing they it's a much harder surgery than the transplant I doubt he ever will but you know well, I saw your post um, before your pastor stepped up, and I know I've already told you this, but mm -hmm. I saw your post, and I called Piedmont, and um, I remember standing out, because this was, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. Did you guys ever have a cell phone that never worked in the house? I always stood <laughs> outside on my front porch. Uh -huh. So I'm on the phone with your, um, probably your, your, trans, yeah, uh -huh. and, and she's like, 
you know, documenting, you know, what I'm saying. And she asked me questions and the kidney stone. She's like, have you ever had a kidney stone? I said, I've had two and they happened one day after another while I was, I believe I was 12 weeks pregnant with Jacob. And I, it was those two and they were done. And that was enough to disqualify me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's it? I know. There's, because <laughs> I, I was, I could not think of a better gift mm-hmm. to give to anyone mm-hmm. than to donate life mm-hmm. like that. And I've, I've got to think that God gave us two when we only need one right for a reason right. and um i just and i feel that way about all sorts of things mm-hmm. but the uh, kidneys and i've i've known um good friend her brother needed liver transplant the liver such a fascinating organ too where right. it can regenerate, regenerate. and right. it's just uh just amazing mm-hmm. the miracle that our body even though we have you know disease and injury that can happen to these things I think it allows, and I, I brought it up earlier. It, it wasn't the assignment for you to, 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 right. to help Chance, but to help Melissa. Right. And right. It, you couldn't have given them both. So right. that was. It was like, wait, <laughs> I have somebody else in mind for you. That's and exactly who right. would have known? It was your own sister-in-law. Yeah. So Fascinating. Crazy. And the funny thing is, is. Our story dates back so long, like her husband, David, and I went to school together from third to ninth grade. And so he's always been a close friend. We've always been family friends with him long before I ever knew Melissa or Chance. And so at the end of ninth grade, our school dissolved. And so he was like, hey, do you want to go to church with me sometime? And I was like, sure. And he picked me up on a Wednesday night and took me to church. And that's where I ended up meeting Melissa. And she and I became friends. Well, then I started dating her brother. And he and I eventually got married. And then Melissa and David ended up getting married. And so it's like I can go all the way back to third grade grade. and think you know and it makes me think of that verse um ephesians 2 10 that says we are god's workmanship created in christ jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for us to do and when i hear that i just think that's it that's it Mm -hmm. like in advance long before he knew what the plan was and he's just been weaving this little tapestry waiting for it to to come about so I'm passionate about donating life I will say that donating a kidney to Melissa was second to the birth of my children has been the best thing I've ever done like for me personally for myself yeah it was great for Melissa and she you know has reaped the bigger benefit but for me, I think, no, I, I feel like I reaped the benefit of that. There is nothing like knowing that you gave life to somebody and that God used you that way. There's mm-hmm. just something amazing about that. Um, but then also because it is hereditary, you know, none of my children have been tested simply because it is not anything that they can treat. And so I we have chosen not to have them tested just because of the problems it brings for life insurance and other things like that. So, but eventually they will be tested and, you know, more than likely one or all three of my kids will need a transplant. My grandbaby might need a transplant. So Mm -hmm. for me, I'm passionate about 
people understanding that it is a need, it's a significant need, and the benefits far outweigh anything else. I, I really don't have a negative thing to say about it, not, not one negative thing. So for those that are listening to this and they feel called to possibly be a donor, even if they don't have anybody in mind, what would you have them do? Call Piedmont and and just say, hey, I I don't know why, but I I feel like I need to donate a kidney. and, And what would be the next steps from there? Yeah, I mean, I would call Piedmont Transplant Clinic and ask to speak to a um a um, donor coordinator and then just say you know look I, I just feel like this is something I'm supposed to do and you know they will know who they can um, you know put put you with I mean there's obviously an ongoing list and so there's you know a national registry or whatever but living donor is you know what they want as opposed to a cadaver so you know it, they'll find somebody that you'll match with I mean if that's something that you can do and you're healthy enough and all of your tests come back like they'll find somebody to put you with off of the national registry that's awesome so like what age were you talking about as far as so Melissa was 46 when she had her transplant am I right no I'm 49 now so she's 46 now so she would have been 44 okay Melissa was 44 Chance had his seven years ago and he's 50 so he was 43 so it's right around and his brother was the same way that same age so your father-in-law was just a little later in life right because he was diagnosed so much later mm-hmm. now any history he part? did go on dialysis before okay. he found a donor because okay. he was so far gone at that point yeah by the time they found out what he had he was so far gone at that point that so any prior to your father-in-law any history beyond that or not that we know of now i i will say that his mom had passed away prior to him being diagnosed and she passed away with diabetes and complications from that but we pretty much feel like that's what her problem was that she had she had it and nobody knew undiagnosed because it doesn't skip a generation and his dad was still alive until two years ago and he was tested and did not have it so I feel like that's probably what killed her, and we didn't even know it. Now, so it's not, like, set in stone that your kids will have it. Right. So it is possible maybe they got more of your genetics, and they're free and clear. Right. Okay. Right. So there's always an, um, you know, hope (laughs) that they don't have it, but... So if if Kobe doesn't have it, then... Layla May won't. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So that, and that's what I've heard that it doesn't skip a generation. That's what we've been told. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So, but I do know like my, his brother, um, their oldest has already, um, been tested and he has it. Uh, and by testing, I say they just do an ultrasound and when they see cysts on the kidneys, they say you have it. So it's an easy test. Most of the time it's found by accident. Um, for like something else a sports injury yeah. or you know something like that it's crazy enough when we had fertility issues and they did an ultrasound to see if um, chances tubes were you know okay they they said then he had cysts on his kidneys but we weren't there for that and we didn't think anything of it I mean we were at an infertility doctor and so we never did anything with it and that was before his dad was ever diagnosed so they actually found it then and we just didn't 
didn't know. Hmm. We just thought, oh, cyst. People have cysts everywhere. Who cares? But it, it, there was no treatment. It's not like he could have avoided right. it. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. It There's was no just, treatment. just early. It was just an early mm-hmm. sign that would eventually. Right. And as far as treatment goes, there's no treatment for it. But, you know, one of the things that you do want to keep an eye on is, like, your blood pressure. Because blood pressure is so hard on the kidneys. And so he immediately, once he was diagnosed, went on a small um, dosage of uh, blood pressure medicine. And even now, as a recipient, he stays on blood pressure medicine, just a small dosage to um, protect the kidney because your blood pressure is just really hard on your kidneys. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things, I mean, as my kids get a little older, that we will want them to get tested just because we want them to be able to keep an eye on that. But Are they aware of all of this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 100%. So, And... For your husband and his siblings, do they have any restrictions, or you even, as for one kidney? Uh-huh. The only restriction that I have is that I cannot take any um, NSAIDs. So they're terrible for you anyway, mm-hmm. and nobody should take them anyway, but that's a whole other story. Right. But they are so bad on the kidney that I do not take Motrin, Advil, Anything like that. that yeah. is I haven't taken that since I came out of the hospital as well mm. for that mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're terrible. I mean, oh, don't get yeah. me started. Like That's they, the next podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's crazy that they tell you that, but then, you know, they aren't telling regular healthy people that had two kidneys that it's, a you know, not to take that stuff, you know? I mean... I, my kids, I think back when they were little, I gave them Motrin all the time. All the time. If they were running a fever or, you know, I just was like, Motrin lasted longer than Tylenol, so I'd give them Motrin and they were good. But, you know, when I had the transplant, she, she told me, do not take it anymore. And she said, now listen, if something comes up and you need to take it, if there's nothing else, it's not going to kill you. I mean, you can take it. We just don't want you taking it on a regular basis. And definitely don't take it if you're running a fever or dehydrated because at that point it gets into your bloodstream better. Well, I'm like, well, hello. When my kids were teething and I gave them Motrin, I'm sure they were running fevers and dehydrated from Abs- all the drool. Absolutely. But I treated them with Motrin, you know, so yeah, it's yeah. disturbing. But that's my only only thing that I have to watch is I don't, I, I don't do that. And I broke my, shattered my wrist after afterwards and that was hard i will say with mm-hmm. all the swelling and stuff not being able to take something like that would have would have been beneficial but i suffered there it was fine it was not big of a deal like anybody else right um my husband he cannot have grapefruit because it counteracts with his medicine right. he can't have pomegranate and he cannot have green tea and he cannot take NSAIDs. other than that Everything is fine, except for I will say he takes a enormous amount of medicines as far as um, you know steroids. He takes um, prednisone twice a day. He takes the immune yeah, suppressant the, drugs. Right, that's for the transplant. Right, mm-hmm, for the transplant. So he takes a lot of medicine, but otherwise, as far as healthy, he's super healthy. He he and his donor to celebrate a year after the transplant, they ran the dopey. Oh my in, goodness. <laughs> in Walt Disney World. So there, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to say he's still running, but I am going to say, you know, they were healthy enough to be able to do that. So it's, it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Again, we're so blessed uh, to have you two weeks in a row. Thank you so much for sharing. And 
Um, so folks, if you feel called to get out there and donate, please do that. You could really change not just an individual's life, but their entire family tree. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. And if you have questions about it, like if you're even like thinking about it or worried about it or somebody in your family needs a transplant, I, I've been on both sides of it now. I know what it's like to get the transplant just from my husband getting one, and I know what it's like to give one. So Joanna has my information, yep. and I am more than happy to talk on the phone or text back and forth, email, whatever, because I'm passionate about it, and I, I, I wouldn't want anybody to not go forward with it because they were just scared. Right. Yeah. So just educate yourself and, and know what's um, all involved. And it sounds like it's it's not, you know, this horrible thing that you have to go through. It sounds like you went to the beach, like right afterwards. <laughs> I, did. I did. So, hey, there you go. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm Thanks so glad you came. All right. Have a great weekend. Sometimes we succeed in life, sometimes we fail. But every day is a clean slate and a fresh opportunity. Make today the day.